Welcome to Behind the Design, where we journey through the creative industry. I'm Rogan Janssen, co-founder and creative director of Dash Digital. Join me as we embark on a journey through thought-provoking conversations with founders, vision-driven individuals, and creative minds, unveiling their unique journeys and the wisdom they've gained along the way. Today, we're excited to have Joe Diver join us on Behind the Design. Joe is a London-based designer who thrives in brand identity, web design, and creative direction. Renowned for his typography mastery and visual genius, let's step into Joe Diver's creative space and unveil the chapters of his story. First of all, thanks so much for taking the time. I appreciate it, and I know you, you're a busy guy, so thanks again for, for sitting with me today. No problem. Thank you for having me on. Um, yeah, I think I wanted to kind of dive straight into it. And one of the first questions was something that I'd, I've noticed you've kind of started exploring and, and you're exploring kind of like a video tutorial series, which I've, I see you publishing on like Twitter and on Instagram. Yep. Maybe you can just kind of help me or take me through the process as to why you've started that and how it's coming along. Sure. Um, so I think in terms of the why, um, I, I've always been predominantly based on Instagram and kind of I've always, always enjoyed it and I've always, always been trying to kind of build a community on that platform. Um, and I've used other platforms like Pinterest and Twitter as well, but I think Instagram has been the main one for me. Um, and what I found and, and kind of what I was thinking about maybe about six months ago is the fact that although many of the people who follow me are uh, people who might be interested in my services like brand identity or web design, a lot of the people on there are actually individuals who are trying to learn about design and trying to you know, develop their own careers um, and just understand how this industry works. And I get a lot of DMs and a lot of in- inquiries in terms of people just asking, what's your creative process? What are you, what, you know, how do you acquire clients and things like that? Um, and so I think I just really wanted to help those people. Um, and I thought the best way and easiest way of me doing that was by releasing some some kind of videos, tutorials and things like that. And I have a lot of things in the works that hopefully will be able to help those individuals, um, such as communities, some coaching and that kind of stuff. Um, but ultimately, I think that sort of idea came from feeling like there was a little bit of a lack of transparency in the industry um, from this kind of higher level from the bottom. Um, and I suppose I just want to, in, in whatever way I can, bridge that gap um, because I know I would have really benefited from that when I was kind of coming up. Yeah, sure, man. And I think that's one of the reasons we've started this, because it's exactly that, that level of transparency from top to bottom is, yeah. is completely sheltered. And yeah. I think we get a lot of that as well. Guys are just trying to understand process, especially interns, right? Like interns come to us and when they're working, they just want to sit next to you to understand, like, how do you start the projects and where do you yeah. evolve and where do this, does this come into play? So I totally understand. And I was watching it. I think it's like what you're doing there is really good. And I think the tutorials for what I can see, the engagement seems really high as well. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I'm, I've been really um, pleasantly surprised with, with the engagement. I think there's definitely an appetite for it. Um, and I think it's great that you guys are doing something similar. Um, and obviously, you know, we're, we're all busy. Every designer is is, is busy yeah. and you can only do so much. But I think if we all make an effort to to do at least a, a small percentage of our time on on educating others and just kind of trying to bridge that gap, I think it's only it's only going to have a positive impact on the industry. No, 100%. And then I think like another thing is 
for us, it's a so, and this is something I wanted to bridge with you is, you know, like kind of bridging that gap between self-initiated work and then client work. And I yep. think studios find this really hard to balance. And I think freelancers would as well, right? Like you want to do self-initiated work because you want to better and you want to upscale yourself, but clients take preference because you've got to continuously do get paid, right? Of course. So I know you do quite a lot of self-initiated work. How do you, how do you break it up, right? Like what would your percentage split be on self-initiated versus client? Sure. Um, it's difficult to say. And I think as my career has, has kind of advanced, I'd say that the, the tide has turned probably way more towards client work. So I think in the beginning, when you are just trying to develop your style, develop your, your kind of skill set, self-initiated work probably forms more of a, a significant part. Um, so back then it was probably a lot higher, but now I'd say maybe kind of like, I still try and put about 20%, 15% of my time on self-initiated work. Um, and maybe that's not just, you know, just creating and designing, but also upskilling, you know, taking courses. Um, I have a couple of designers that I, that I try and learn from as much as possible and kind of, they're my mentors in a sense, um, who are a bit more kind of uh, a bit further down the line and, and have been in the industry longer than me. Um, but yeah, I'd say that's probably probably a rough guideline, but I just really strongly believe in the importance of um, self-initiated work. And I think I've, I've done a, I did a tweet thread about it, a Twitter thread about, um, or X thread as I should call it now, about how conceptual work and, and self-initiated work is so valuable for young, young creatives and, and kind of inexperienced creatives, because maybe when you're, you're not getting a, a, a flow of jobs coming in it's it's yeah. still provides an opportunity to create show your skills develop your skills and then eventually uh, those clients will come so i think it's an extremely valuable thing to do especially in the early stages yeah i agree man and i, and I often tell like juniors exactly that i think it's the self-initiated work that gets you the jobs especially yeah. when you're like when you're freelancing and you kick off you're not picking up nice exciting work you're really taking no. in that comes so it's not like portfolio worthy so I suppose another big question, and, and you mentioned it earlier, you know, people kind of slide into your DMs and asking, like, how do you go about finding new work? Do you have a process or do you have a formula or how do you go about finding new work? Um, it's, it's a real mixture. Um, I think so, social media is is a big part of it. Um, I've always put a lot of emphasis on, on building a kind of uh, online presence. I just feel that whether you like it or not, I feel like it's quite an essential part of um, running a, a digital design agency or freelancing. Um, and so social media forms a large portion of the, the inquiries that I get, whether they come through email or DMs or whatever it is. A lot of them come through um, the presence that I've developed on, on Instagram and Twitter and things like that. Um, however, I think now that I'm kind of a little bit further into my career, a lot of the work I get will be word of mouth, uh, recurring business. Um, you know, if, if I've done a, a web design for someone, they might in two years fancy, okay, we're ready to do the brand identity now. So it can be word of mouth. Um, and then the last one I'd say is I've very recently started working with um, an agency called Apparts, which you may be aware of. Um, yeah. I've known the founder, Phil, Phil Bastians, for um, around about two years. And we actually bumped into each other in Vietnam really weirdly. Um, but he's, he runs an agency called Apart, um, and so he's kind of collating a couple of designers just to to support with these bigger projects. Um, so that will form a little bit more of my my kind of client base as we progress through through next year and, and the, the kind of Q4 this year. Um, 
but yeah it varies it varies but i think social media and word of mouth is a good place to start um but i wouldn't say i'd do any kind of cold outreach or anything like that it's it's predominantly just kind of inbound leads um which is a nice nice place to be yeah and then just i've got a question on that you mentioned working with um phil would you then be white labeled under his studio or do you go in as a collaboration partner so your name's there it's just a, a kind of collaboration partner um so i, I think Phil, phil's idea is that he understands that um people like myself I, I i have my own brand and i have my own work and and how i like to do things and i think it's just if there's a project there where he needs my skill set then it's just going to be more of a collaboration um rather than any sort of employment or anything like that it's uh it's just collaboration and I, I love working in a team um i love experimenting with you know utilizing other people's skill sets and and learning how mine can complement theirs and vice versa so it'll be a, it'll be a really cool uh cool new new thing to be a part of yeah 100 percent. and i think the collaboration model is always so much better it's something we we value in the studio as well because the roles and responsibilities or the accountability becomes a lot stronger when someone's name's associated next to it rather than okay cool, yeah. i'm going to work under this agency and it's their name and it's their client i think the delivery is a lot higher when when someone's got their own name that's going to be put behind it and they have to pitch it as well so yeah it's it's, it's an interesting space um i think you i think you're spot on there so are you like quite process driven joe so for example do you have a like a process that you'd like to run through every day like so what does your day-to-day -day look like when you wake up do you, do you change it up or do you kind of stick to one routine that kind of regularly goes Monday to Friday? Um, I, I mean, what a lot of people probably don't know about me is I'm, as well as being very interested in the design world, um, a lot of my time, I just, I love listening to podcasts. I love watching YouTube on things like productivity and, and self-development and all that kind of stuff. Um, I don't know why I'm just really interested in that kind of thing. Um, and what that leads me to do is I've, I'm always trying kind of different daily routines to see what, suits me best um and i think as a freelancer and an entrepreneur i think it's essential that you find something that works really well for you um so yeah in, in terms of my my kind of daily structure i'd like to wake up fairly early get some get some exercise as soon as possible um have a, a kind of coffee break set myself up for the day um and then i'll kind of try to to kind of front load the hardest and most important tasks um kind of in the, the the morning to early afternoon period um take a little break and then come back to it and probably do some some kind of lighter work um which may involve kind of self-initiated projects um or things that are maybe not as pressing um but i think my my brain is is the sharpest in in the morning and kind of early afternoon so i like to kind of take advantage of that um and i try not to work in the evenings but i was actually talking to someone the other day and i think some some creatives and designers seem to seem to get this spurt of creativity at like 9 p.m which can be quite frustrating sometimes but sometimes you've got to leverage that um if it comes to you so before you know it, it's like two o'clock in the morning you have to exactly exactly <laughs> the adrenaline starts going and then it's like oh no it's three in the morning we're gonna we have to wake up later tomorrow or you get an idea while you're in bed and you're like, I, I can't just sit on this. Like, I actually need to get out of bed and, and, and go test if this works. But yeah. then you, yeah, you get up, you're like, okay, well, this means I'm going to be up for the next two hours. But it is what it is, right? You've got to take the creative sparks when they come. Yeah, ex exactly, exactly. And, you know, you might you might forget about that idea. So if you capture it then, I don't know. It's difficult. It's difficult. Yeah. 
And now just as I want to chat about your style, right? I think you've got a super unique style. Um, it's something that I think if you had to pull like 10 designs, I could be able to pinpoint yours, which is like really editorial, like strict grid based, and then like very textured, always got a, like a beautiful texture on top of it. And my question here would be, so where do you pull inspiration for all your work? And then do you think people are coming to you for your particular style? Or do you think you often are leaning or pushing the work towards that style because that's what you really are comfortable in? So it's like nearly a twofold question. Yeah, sure. So I, I think so. The, the first portion of that is kind of where the inspiration comes from. Is that right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think um, I've always been drawn to very kind of gridded structure, as you say, and uh, quite minimalistic aesthetics. Yeah. Um, whether that be it can it doesn't have to be design. I, what I mean by that is, you know, even if I look at certain furniture, architecture, for whatever reason, I'm just quite drawn to quite minimalistic uh, things. That said, I also have a massive admiration for kind of more traditional, uh, more complex designs. And I try and weave those in and, and create some kind of mixture instead of just being kind of one dimensional. Um, in terms of where that inspiration came from, I think I was I was always drawn to kind of like the the fathers of Swiss design, people like Joseph Muller Brockman and, and Wim Krull, um, and studied that massively, especially at the start of my career. And I think that gave gave birth to my particular style. And I think I then just just wanted to kind of really try and bring that into um the kind of modern world. Because I saw that while that stuff worked in, you know, the 50s and 60s, there's no reason why I can't um, you know, bring that forward and start implementing it in the in the modern world, um, especially in the, the kind of fashion space, creative space, I think there's a lot of uh, opportunity for that to be explored. Um, so I, I, I've always loved that kind of minimalistic look, and I think that's where that came from. Um, and in terms of kind of whether clients come to me for that or whether I push it kind of onto clients, I, I say it varies, but I think mostly with a lot of my leads being a lot of my clients coming from um, kind of an inbound place, um, most of them come to me and they say, oh, we, we love this that you did. Could you maybe kind of um, use that vibe and, and implement something um, on a, in, a, in a different spin in, in, in their kind of circumstance? Yeah. So I think mostly it's individuals that are coming to me because they love my style. Um, However, I have had um, some clients that you may you may have seen. I, I posted the other day actually called uh, La Bohem in the, they're a restaurant in Mauritius. Yeah, and that that founder and that brand didn't necessarily completely align with my style, and so I'm still very happy to to pivot in some ways. And I think it's a really good development opportunity for me to to work on certain things that aren't necessarily completely align with my my kind of aesthetic um so i say it varies but but predominantly um i'd say people just want that that kind of minimal aesthetic and gridded gridded look structured look that i that i offer yeah i think it's quite nice to find yourself in a niche right so to differentiate yourself and if people are looking for something in particular and i suppose if they're coming from instagram it's super visual do you have a set process in mind like do you stick to kind of like like things quite strictly or are you quite fluid with how you kind of tackle each project individually i'd say i'd say i'm pretty fluid um it does it does vary um in some ways and i think most designers will understand that in often cases um you could you can never really say okay right in order to get to the end product you just need to go step one step two step three step four i think we all wish it was that simple but 
it does vary um and it can it's not a linear kind of easy path that you can follow however i do follow a kind of rough you know uh process in terms of making sure that i reach the the the, the place that we're trying to get to and typically that will, will revolve around a, a quite uh lengthy mood boarding brainstorming um process in in which we kind of craft the overall direction of the project then what i'll do once we've established that is is kind of going to an initial draft phase um which is just me playing around experimenting um and just creating something that i think sit, fits the the overall direction of the project and then with the client we then sit down review that um, and once we've established that i'll start building the, the kind of foundational blocks of that uh, brand or project and uh, sometimes that will revol revolve around a few revisions re revision rounds um, potentially and then from there we then kind of develop assets like social media and, and uh, business cards or billboards or whatever it might be um, but I think those initial almost fact finding stages of brainstorming and mood boarding and experimenting and, and, and always getting feedback from the client is is essential um i'm a big fan of kind of working in in short sprints and and not kind of just going all in on yourself for, on on your own for two weeks i think it's important to get feedback along along the way i think it's a a useful thing to have yeah like not really designing in a vacuum right like so holding holding the client's hand more as a partnership throughout yeah absolutely yeah i mean you hit you hit the nail on the head that like i we agree like for me personally my biggest biggest most probably most important factor of any kind of web project or even when we're doing branding is is that initial kind of research and mood boarding it's super vital because it gets the clients buying really early on and then you can get an understanding of like how far can you push it or like yep. what kind of client is this right can we like really push it out or is he going to be the client that wants it a little bit more like subdued and stuff so you get that really good kind of sense from the yeah. client it helps later on with that feedback loop as absolutely well. absolutely I, I think it's it's very important to do that as early as possible um because you you know you can you can get down the line and realize that your ideas for the project are actually very uh disparate and i think it's important to align yourselves um early on no 100 percent. and then another one so like a creative block it's a question that a lot of people always ask, right? Like, how do you get past a creative block? Sure. So let's say you're halfway through a project and you've hit the wall and you're just not getting it. You know, those days where you just like, you just want to sh just walk outside and maybe throw your computer off the balcony. But yeah. do you, how do you get how do you get over those? Yeah, I mean, I, I think the first thing I say is to not fight it. Um, everyone gets it. You don't just have to be a designer or artist to, to get a creative block. Um, I think if you feel that, it's just, it's it's useless fighting it. I think you just need to say, right, okay, this has happened. Let me take a break, um, go for a walk or even take the rest of the day off if you can do that, um, but don't fight it. And I, I think the the more you fight it, the, the longer it will continue. Um, so I would say taking a break um, and just realizing that it will pass um, and just, just kind of take that break and get back to it when you feel, when you feel up to it. And, uh, more often than not, it can literally take a, a half an hour walk or something like that to, to really get over it. I think the other thing I would say is there in, in to, I think in today's world, there's there's a real hustle culture. And I think people um, almost gloat about how much they they work like they say, oh, I do. I, I work 18 hours a day. And it's like. 
you know that that might not be that might might not be the the most beneficial way to to develop yourself in your career and i think um if you don't feel up to working you shouldn't force yourself to do so um if you feel motivation and inspiration i think you should really take advantage of that of that and and you know work as as much as you feel like working but if you don't feel like that um you know take take a couple of days off and that motivation will come back um there's actually a, a a guy called uh he's almost like a modern day philosopher but he's just a, a youtuber and a, on twitter as well he's called naval ravikant um and he talks a lot about uh the idea of kind of working in sprints and that yeah. uh, so, some people believe that humans aren't necessarily meant to work you know nine to five every day he says that motivation comes in in waves and if you feel motivation for three days you know work really hard for those three days and then take take another three days off and i think maybe not that extreme but having that kind of uh thought process that motivation will come and you should use it and then you should take a take a breather um can lend itself to stopping those creative blocks occurring i think yeah it goes down to work-life balance then as all right could you speak about that so i i agree at this so often we're chatting to people and they're going okay cool you know i'm not getting 18 hours of work a day it doesn't really mean much to me right because it doesn't mean it's 18 hours of productive work it just no. means you're sitting behind your computer and, and log yeah. in eight hours like for us it's value-based so like if you get done what someone gets done in 18 hours and you get it done in two hours then enjoy your time off because you've got the project out under the belt right so it is exactly that for me whenever we hit or if i hit a person it's, it's exercise i need to go get outside and, and go do something because that's the only time that i can stop thinking about it so yeah. it's like Go, go play a game of football or, or or go go for a run or do something because when you get back somewhere along the line you've like kind of restarted that that engine again and then you can kind of rethink it and, and relook it absolutely absolutely what is maybe one of your biggest challenges that you've kind of experienced in your career um i think for me um when i was when i was first starting out i think it was confidence um to probably sounds a bit vulnerable but i think it definitely was um i i didn't go to university to study design i actually studied uh, marketing and business and for whatever reason i always felt a little bit of kind of inadequacy on on that front um and especially when as as the kind of the the scope of the inquiries that i was getting increased to to larger brands and, and larger clients I definitely felt that kind of imposter syndrome. Um, so I think overcoming that um, was probably the biggest challenge for me because um, I think I probably had the ability to deal with these to deal with these clients, um, and I've done that now. But I think at the time, I just what was stopping me from from really enjoying those those uh, those jobs was was that lack of confidence. So I'd say that's probably the biggest challenge that I've had to overcome. Yeah, that's really interesting. So I mean, when you say you didn't study, so you've completely self-taught then, right? I didn't study uh, design at university. I just studied marketing, which which definitely helps on the on the branding and, and web design side of things. Um, but yeah, I'm self-taught. Um, I've learned through doing, and I've I've learned through uh, taking online courses and and uh, also learning through through mentors and also just working working on on so many different projects. Um, but yeah, didn't study at university, and I I think for me that that kind of um, just gave me a a little bit of inadequacy and i don't i don't know where that came from but i, I think that's that's probably where the lack of confidence came from in when i first started out 
Yeah. Where was the swing, right? So you studied marketing and business. Did was it like a like I don't want to do this anymore and I'm turning off and I'm going into design, or was it a slow process that you started just kind of learning design and, and picking up an odd job? Or like how did that look from that like kind of going from one job into a completely different industry? Yeah, I th I'd say it happened slowly, but probably from, from an outsider's perspective, maybe it happened quite quickly. So I've always designed um, since I was very, very young, whether it be um, just tiny little things on, on my laptop or art or anything like that. Um, and I was taking on freelance clients, um, but still involved in, in the kind of marketing world a little bit. Um, but I ju it just got to a point where I, this is what I love and I feel this is what I am uh, most talented at. Um, and what I enjoy um, and so I, I, I went straight into design just because I love it I absolutely love design um, I enjoy it every day so yeah. it just made sense to me um, but I don't think I, I didn't fully say goodbye to, to marketing because I think there is a lot of crossover um, and I, I often think some some designers maybe um, lack a little bit of knowledge of marketing because ultimately creating a brand you should have marketing um, and you know understanding their market and their target consumer and things like that at the forefront of your mind when designing um yeah. especially a brand identity so i think it, it's actually quite useful in the way that i had that kind of marketing grounding first and then brought it into design i was going to say because even being a freelancer right you've got to market yourself so not just the branding but you've got to understand how to sell yourself um, yeah absolutely well like we spoke about a lot earlier about like instagram and everything but having an understanding of marketing and consumers and and your clients and everything it would really be beneficial for you at the end of the day anyway absolutely absolutely and then i suppose that another one would be throughout this whole career right so let's say even if it if it was a lesson that you learned in marketing that you pulled through what's like maybe one of the biggest or most valuable lessons that you've learned in your career i'd probably say just just kind of trying to look as much as possible at everything positively um, and treating everything as a learning opportunity um, whether it's a uh, a rejection a failure uh, a success uh, or just a challenge i think all of that um, with a bit of perspective can be viewed positively um, and ultimately that's how you learn and i think say, saying that treating everything positively is kind of cliche and i think a lot of people say it but it's just so true um, i think just just especially when you're when you're just coming up in in the industry it's just important to look at everything with some perspective um and just learn as much as you can from everything that occurs in in the in your life and also in your in your career uh, and in business yeah no i get that i hear that as well um okay so getting into maybe a little bit more about some of your work now i guess which is going to be interesting but if you had to pick one piece of work or you know like one campaign or website or branding project that you've worked on um which is it and why i guess why is it your favorite sure um i'd say it would have to be uh, a brand called parallel studios which you may have seen on, on my instagram yeah, so they're, they're a company based in uh, in copenhagen um they're kind of like a, a fusion of streetwear and then also kind of outdoors wear. And I suppose they've they've done a really good job of filling the gap of people who who want to hike and climb mountains but still look cool. That's the way I always put it. Um, I think I, I absolutely love the project um, because I felt that the the founders' overall creative direction really really fit mine. Um, I think they already had a really cool thing going and, and kind of my role was just to come in and, and refine the brand 
um, kind of tie it all together um, and also work on the web design as well a little. And I, th I think it was just one of the first projects for me that I did, which really allowed me to, to express my own creativity and, and really show people what my, my creative vision was. Um, and I just thoroughly enjoyed it, thoroughly enjoyed the project. Um, and I still need to go over to Copenhagen to see the shop because I still haven't, which is ridiculous. That's it was. A, yeah, I mean, I know that project well. I think I even commented a few times when you posted it a while ago to say like, "This is really awesome." I think we used it as a reference in in a in a potential project that we we're going to work on. Oh, really? Had, oh, yeah. And I was like, "Yeah, some really nice apparel." If you guys want to go have a look at some nice kind of active gear that looks yeah. good. Yeah, so it's, it's it's a similar mindset. I think that was a really really well delivered project. Thank you. And looking at your career, right? So let's say if you had to. Put everything down now and say i'm done what would be like your main highlights of, of your career so far um I'd, I'd say they've come quite recently actually um I, I haven't released this piece of work at all because uh i'm not allowed to share any of the images until the the campaign is released in september uh, but i've been working with remoa who are a uh, suitcase company and they're, they're based all over the world and they have a new a new project um or a new campaign or collection uh, called Recrafted, which is um, ha basically having uh, old suitcases returned and then they're kind of unique scratches are then kind of molded over and then they resell them. So it's kind of a, all around reusing reusing products and, and all that kind of stuff. And it was a really, really cool project. And I think to work with a brand of that size um, was a real honor for me. Sure. Um, and just thoroughly enjoyed working on the project. So really looking forward to sharing that um, in September because um, the adverts will be going out in, in German newspapers in, in kind of, I think, towards the end of September. Um, and I, th I think the, the other one, you, you may have seen this, although I haven't, I haven't really spoken about it too much on Instagram, uh, but I'm working with a company called Holiday Club and they're based in, they're based in London. Um, and they are providing education to kind of young creatives in London um, in kind of the inner inner London areas, um, and I've been working with them, doing some workshops with them on design, um, and just giving them a kind of a bit of transparency on the industry and giving them a few tips and tricks on on how to develop their own careers. And I, I just find it really, 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 really rewarding, um, and it's a privilege to to have been asked to be involved in that. Um, so I think those two things, although very recent, are probably career highlights in my head right now. So you mean uh, I, I like the second part, the holiday club, because it again swings back to what you earlier spoke about in terms of community and giving back, and that's something maybe was regarding my first question. So it's clearly something that you really enjoy doing. Are you going to try to get more and more involved in that, like giving back to the community, getting involved with kind of like lecturing or even maybe like uh, mentoring younger kind of students, maybe in the UK or London or abroad? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, that's the plan. I mean, as as much as my schedule can allow um i want to try and really really get going on the on the education stuff um and in terms of how that looks i think you're right maybe maybe me having mentors uh, or mentees um i'm thinking about maybe starting some kind of community um where you know people can put their work in they, they can get feedback um just putting kind of the odd tutorial in or two tutorials in a week or something like that and maybe a live stream of of me designing just absolutely anything to to kind of just give people a little bit more of an insight um but as you can imagine it's just it it's all about that balance between um client work 
self-initiated work education and obviously life as well so it's all about finding that time but i will be doing my best i can assure you yeah because everything you want to pick up is just extra time and it's not like there's more than 24 hours in the day so you've got to dilute it somewhere else so you've either got to wake up earlier go to bed later or you've got to drop something and normally the dropping thing becomes like something that's most probably good for your mental health right so it might be the exercise you do in the morning drop because you're going to do like the community driven stuff so yeah 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 online and and there's a lot of balls to juggle i guess absolutely yeah it's 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 all about balance um just finding what works in terms of that schedule so yeah it's it's a tough one and then with regards to clients so like let's say you know everyone always talks about purpose-driven work and it's great to get purpose-driven work but money versus purpose and in your mind like who wins I think it's got to be purpose, um, but I also think it has to be a mix. Um, I think purpose comes first, but I think if you if you have that purpose and you have that passion for what you do, I think inevitably the money the money will follow. Um, but listen, I'm not going to come on here and say, "Oh, I don't care about money," because obviously, <laughs> obviously, it's it's a big part of everyone's uh, career choices and and how they how much they work and and all this kind of stuff. Um, you know, I want to have a nice life and I want to have nice things, but ultimately, um, I, I, I would much rather be be earning less and, and working on something that I care about than earning a lot more on something that I absolutely hated. Um, but I truly believe that if you are passionate about something and if, if you have purpose, then you will be successful um, down the line or maybe in the short term. And it just, it just comes, it comes in, uh, it will inevitably come, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I think... Um... Maybe that is a good bridge into into one of like the the finishing of questions. But dream clients, if I had to say to you, Joe, you get to choose any clients in the world. <clears throat> Who's your dream client and why? Do you know what? I think most people would probably say like Nike or Adidas. Um, I'm actually going to pick a, a much smaller company based in the UK, um, which may be a really boring answer actually, Rogan. But so I apologise, but. Um, <laughs> I mean, they're, they're, they're definitely making some waves in in the kind of luxury fashion uh, scene now in the UK. They're called Cole Buxton. They are a kind of a apparel company, streetwear, sportswear. Um, and I just, I've always loved their aesthetic, love their clothing, love the way they brand themselves. Um, and the founders have a really cool story that, that they talk about quite a bit um, on their Instagram and their YouTube. Um, and I just absolutely love their overall aesthetic. So I think working with them in, in some kind of capacity would be a, a real dream for me. Um, so, yeah, you may, you probably weren't expecting that kind of answer. But, yeah, I would say Cole Buxton are, are a massive one. I think they're a really amazing brand. Yeah, I prefer that answer, right, because it's something unexpected. And now I can go check them out and go have a look and stuff. But um, are you the kind of person then that approaches them and, and, and message them on Instagram and kind of keep in tabs and, and communicate with them by LinkedIn? Or do you kind of just let it go and just hope that they come potentially and find you at some stage? I would say that uh, in the past, I have reached out to a couple of brands and a couple of artists. Um, and I actually made a video about one of them, an artist called Black Sam, before that I've reached out to. And that ended up becoming a project and, and it was a, an amazing project to work on. Um, I think in the future I might, I might because uh, yeah, if I have if I have a, on a spare month where I'm not booked, I would love to work with them in in some kind of capacity. But yeah, I think it's in, I think it's important to to be able to sell yourself and, and reach out to brands if you're passionate about working with a particular brand. I think it's uh, 
a, a cool thing to do to to reach out to them it can sometimes work definitely and it has done for me in the past yeah it shows a little bit of um self-initiated or self-initiation right like kind of like i always appreciate it when someone reaches out and i think sometimes you don't shoot you don't score so yeah i mean just put yourself in the radar on their radar then it might not be now but maybe it's in a year that they go okay cool let's go back and work with joe you know he does have the style it matches that this will really work out so yeah. it's never a bad thing as long as you're not rashing the people i guess then you're fine yeah i mean absolutely that um that actually happened to me where i reached out to someone and they said oh thanks for the message and then nothing happened for about seven months and then they said oh i've got this new album can we work on that and then that's how that happened so yeah you've got to be patient i think yeah put yourself okay? yourself in like i said it earlier but put yourself on the radar right as long as it's done yep. in a cycle and not like an invasive way exactly exactly yeah and then so if you had to choose four four of your best let's say favorite agencies studios or freelancers currently like who are the guys that like whenever you see them posting up work you're like okay i have to go look at that mm -hmm. yeah. um i've got to say dash digital first Cool. <laughs> exactly. I honestly absolutely love love your work. I think you're putting out some amazing stuff recently. I saw uh one the other day with is it Lem Lemkus? Lemkus? Yeah, Lemkus was a little while ago, yeah. But we posted that. Oh, yeah, that was a little while ago. It was a nice sneaker brand that we worked on. Really cool. Um and I I love your overall aesthetic. And I also I think one of the biggest things I love about you guys is the way you the way you show showcase your work um on on social media and also on on your website as well um i think you do a great job of that so so props to you um and in in terms of some three kind of three more i'd say it's always been mouthwash and i think they're they're a very popular one now and i think a lot of people will say uh mouthwash but i just think their work is is just they seem to be just a, a, a level above um, in at the moment. I think they're just absolutely amazing. Um, the clients they get and the way they the way they kind of treat them all very differently yet within their cool, clean style is very impressive. Um, and I think they're, they're doing some some amazing things at Mouthwash. Um, there's also one called uh, Querida, who are also a, they're another agency. Um, I, I'll send you a link because I don't think they're as, oh, as well known um you might be able to put it into just the description or something like that but yeah they're they're re really really cool putting out some really nice work very different as well it's not um it's not always so uh clean some of it's 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 quite unique and, and developed and in in places and i love the way they work with photography um so they're definitely one and then something special studios are also um nice. another one um and their agencies, I mean, there is there's so many freelancers and maybe I'll send you an email with like a list of about 30 freelancers that I love because I'm, I'm always talking to freelancers and learning from them. So, yeah, there's just so many people I take inspiration from and I love I, my my saved section on um, Instagram and Pinterest is just ridiculous. I have so much work on there. I'm just constantly absorbing things. Um, so, yeah, there's so many I could name. I was trying to find a reference that we we're looking for yesterday in the studio because I ran the Instagram account and I've also just got all the saved stuff. And yeah. I said to someone in the team, I was like, I save way too much artwork yeah. because trying to find something, it's like reams of going down to try and find it. There's just so much good design going on at the moment. And between those agencies, freelancers, 
there's there's an there's not even a hand for there's just so many people and every time yeah. i see the book it's just getting better and better and you mentioned mouthwash right like it's for me i, I agree they're just on that extra just a notch above at the moment yeah everything they do and there's certain other agencies that are doing that as well and studios like studios really and then great freelancers but it's just so much good work so it's hard to kind yeah, of absolutely. number but we could we could sit here for another hour right and talk yeah about absolutely it. i mean I, I think it's um it's exciting though and i think i i think we, we i mean we both probably agree it's it's a great industry to be a part of because i just feel like there's always so much development um there's always so much innovation um and and i also think the industry is great in the sense that we do it's very positive i think you know people responding to when people post work and and uh providing feedback and and you know telling people what they like or don't like about things i think there's actually probably not many industries in the world that are as kind of uh supportive um so while i i do say that i think we need to work on transparency and and uh helping each other i do think we are quite a tight-knit kind of industry um and and i just i said good industry to be a part of so i'm yeah i'm, I'm thoroughly enjoying myself and I, and it's really interesting as you say looking at other people's work and learning from it yeah no i agree and i think it is a space that i think we've all selectively chosen i love it i love waking up in the morning to it i love like when i'm looking at inspiration it's it's not a task but like it's just something i really enjoy doing yeah. We're fortunate enough that like coming to the office is not a it's not a chore either i think we all enjoy it and i love the work and it's it's because of everyone i appreciate it and i think it's a massive value to a lot of the the, the more senior people that are pushing out like really great work so thank you to yeah. you and i guess thanks for your time i know you you are busy and you could have been doing exercise or self-initiated or some client work so i do appreciate you no it's all good it's all good and dash today no thank you very much for having me on i think it's a uh... A really really great idea doing doing this series and uh yeah pleasure to be a part of it so i'm looking forward to, for it to being released no amazing man all the best well have a great day joe and i appreciate it thank you mate speak soon and that concludes an exciting episode of behind the design if you're eager to dive deeper into the world of digital design and catch up on our conversations with inspiring creatives just search for behind the design on your favorite podcast platform For a closer look at today's content, including artwork and relevant links, visit our website at dashdigital.studio forward slash behind the design. Keep an eye on future episodes by following us on Instagram. Thanks again for joining us. I'm your host, Rogan Janssen, and I look forward to catching up with you soon for more insightful conversations with creative industry founders, artists, and thought-provoking individuals.